Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here with the author, the subject of uh, of a long radio series before she became her own host and radio show host and podcast host, um, the subject of a documentary and visuals, and also the uh, the the owner now of her own TV station. I mean, she's like the become the queen of all media at this point, and the TV sta- the TV channel. Let's call it what it is: a TV channel is uh, is a work in progress and it's faith-based everything is faith-based with Kathy Ransom and it is uh, it is all based on very positive things and we're going to tell you more and more as we get uh, closer and closer to like uh, it, it perfection uh, we will uh, we will let you know everything there is to know about how to watch her on Roku and Amazon Fire and everything else you can do it now but uh, a lot more coming uh, Kathy Ransom how are you well, I am fine. I am trying to learn more about Roku. Uh, we do have it on my own TV now. Uh, I, I actually get news on it. I've learned how to turn it on. You know, sometimes 86-year-olds have difficulty learning new things that have wonderful benefits. But, you know, sometimes we get stubborn or we just aren't tuned in enough. And I don't know. But anyway... I'm looking forward to uh, exploring Roku and trying to share the message of the Lord in a different way. You know, you said 86-year-olds. Guess what? 26-year-olds have a hard time uh, accepting changes, and (laughs) they're a little better at it. And then then whatever, but the the kids are growing up. When it went in doubt, ask the kid, and they know, but uh, 86 years old and and still taking on different challenges and— uh, and programs and going through all of this, I got to give you credit. A lot of people couldn't do it. You know, it's only just about a week until it won't be eighty-six. Wow! Oh my God! Happy birthday in advance. I know, I know, I know. That's it's 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 hard to think. I, I was checking the obits today, and oh. about about half of them, about only about half of the people, were born before. 1935 when I was born. So I'm sort of in the middle between those who die young and those who die old. But I am still perfectly on. So I want to ask you a question. You mentioned family somewhere in there. Have you, do you ever find it difficult or when somebody says no, is it hard for you to say no or not? What's your feeling about that word? It's a short word. Very, very difficult for me to say no. Uh, if somebody is is to ask you something, and you know we you know we were talking about this uh, you know a little in the past, but you know sometimes people uh, ask uh, ask to to be interviewed, and you know it sounds like it's an easy thing to do, um, but if you if you say yes to uh, to someone who really doesn't fit what you're doing, uh, how do you say no to other people that say well you interviewed him or her. And uh, how can you can't interview me? And then you say, well, we do uh, celebrity talk on this show or we do, you know, this type of thing. And, and they say, well, that person's on a celebrity. You know, it opens up other doors. And uh, the other thing is, 
is you know I have a uh, I, I have a Girl Scout down the block. She's much older now, but she used to be a Girl Scout, and I used to get forty dollars worth of uh, of Girl Scout cookies every single uh, every single time that she had Girl Scout cookies. Then she told people that I did that, and then friends of ours that we equally we loved equally uh, as much as as her parents um, came, and and we ended up buying. Girl Scout cookies. We had them coming out of our ears, and at one <laughs> at one point, I just said, "Here's the money. I don't need the calories. Uh, just uh, donate the uh, the money." And uh, and and for years, uh, that one group of uh, of people, they were just constantly and never endingly uh, selling Girl Scout cookies to us. So, do you suppose that we should never say no? No. Or should we say? Should we say no sometimes? We certainly should. And if you uh, if you didn't say no certain times, I, I it's just I'm I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I I have a very difficult time saying no when somebody asks me something, uh, I don't usually say no. Um, but you know it's uh, you know I, I guess I I do to some folks on the street if they look pretty healthy and they uh, and they they look like they could be working and I feel bad for anybody who might be in a you know, somebody who says, I can't find a job, and, and I'm looking around, and there's help-wanted signs in a lot of places, and they look very healthy and whatever. I, I have, I, I, sometimes I say no to them. I'll say that. I was thinking about times when we really should say no, and, and there are some that are really obvious. I saw a, a group of teenagers, and they had flares in their hand, and they were just about ready to throw them on the neighbor's rooftop. It wouldn't be hard for me to go out there and say no to them as well as call the police and say, would you please come and help them say and say no to them? <laughs> right. So that that's a really hard one. It's probably uh, reasonably easy if somebody... Uh, it, if I've got a really, well, it's not real easy. If I've got a busy day and somebody says, let's go to the ball game tonight, that's hard sometimes to say no. And I probably should say no, because if I go to the ball game and then I've got, I get home at midnight, if we went down to St. Louis, up to St. Louis or down to St. Louis, whichever way you want to call it. Uh, and, and we don't get home till midnight. And I, if I have a big thing that begins at seven or six in the morning i'm going to be tired i should say no but my heart is torn you know because you think and then sometimes you have to say no when it's hard you're invited to something that maybe you really shouldn't be going to maybe it's in a, a location that's uh going to be strenuous for you to get to because they're planning a hot dog roast on the top of Mount Everest. And, you know, I'd have trouble, you know, I should say no, even though I really love hot dog roast, and especially if I can burn my marshmallows. <laughs> but, you know, there are some times when, when I, I should say, should I have trouble saying no, I have to admit, when like someone invites me to be a member of a board of a community board, like I'm a member of our local public television, and I'm a member of the board of our local uh, symphony group. I I enjoy being a part of a group where decisions are made, and it's really hard for me to say no, but I should sometimes because my calendar gets smushed. I'm going in two directions. And then I don't have time to do what I know I even talk about to people and to Christians. I don't have enough time to stop and just reflect about the Lord and think about him 
than to pray in a meaningful kind of way because I'm too busy doing good things. There's nothing wrong in being on a committee. There's no, it, 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 you know, as long as it's a committee of something that's not illegal. Right. It, it, I mean, I, obviously, I don't believe that. But, you know, we just have to sort of learn how to say no in a proper way, know when to say it. So I got to thinking about the Apostle Paul. Actually, this preacher was talking about it a few weeks ago, and he was looking at Acts 18, the chapter there, and just to refresh our audience's mind just a bit, because mine certainly needed to be reminded that Paul was a Nazarite. He took a Nazarene vow, and if they look back in the Old Testament in Numbers, they will find that if you wanted to take that Nazarene vow, you had to say no to two rather important things. One, you had to say, I'm not going to drink any alcohol, anything made from the grape that's uh, fermented. And the second thing, and I know men today go both ways, but you have to say no to a haircut. I, apparently, they wanted the people taking the Nazarene Nazarite vow to have the males to have long, long hair. Well, Paul gets into uh, he, he has taken that vow, and he gets into uh, a new situation, and he has to cut his hair because of what he needs to do, sometimes you have to say, no, I am not going to honor that vow, that piece of the vow right now. I need to have my hair cut. He then said, no, he was in this community with Christians. They wanted him to stay longer. He loved being there, but he was having some, some of the community was not so happy. He had to tell his friends no, I can't stay with you anymore. I can't share the gospel with, it, with you anymore right now. I must move on and do some other kind of things. The public was criticizing his, his teaching. And, and then he had another time when he needed to say a quiet no. And that is, Apollos was there. And Apollos wasn't quite telling he was a new, a new believer. He wasn't quite in on exactly what the Lord wanted him to teach. And so Apollos was teaching, perhaps in a wonderful, eloquent way. Apparently, he was a good speaker. But he didn't have depth of understanding of the scripture. Paul didn't go on a loudspeaker and tell the whole world that Apollos was doing wrong. Paul spoke to him quietly. He started giving him, I would call it, home instruction. Yeah. He helps him. He, he, he cares for him behind the scene. So sometimes we have to gently help people. We have to say, in a way, no, you need to wait just a while before you do certain things. But I'm going to help you become qualified. I'm going to help you to learn. It's a it must have been difficult for Paul to go to this friend, this guy, Apollos, Apollos, and say, hey, you know, friend, we need to be quiet for just a little while. No talking. I need to help you know what the Lord wants you to say. Wouldn't that be hard for you to say? Yeah. 
I I I guess so. You know, it's uh, uh, it, you know, it's it, it's being responsible, right? You know, you're uh. Um, you know, you need to, uh, you, you know, you need to put your foot down. As you were saying this about Paul, I'm thinking, well, a- anyone who's in business, and I've been in business my whole life, and uh, and anyone who's a parent, of course, or anyone who's that uh, that has been had any responsibility, oh, you have to say no. I mean, so the, you know, here I am saying, um, saying, oh, I, I don't, I, I don't say no, or I'm not good at saying no. I, it's when somebody asks you something that you can you can do, but this is something. That uh, that Paul understood was uh, was there was a long term benefit, right? I mean, so uh, you know you have to make decisions, and yes, you have to be able to say no there. So I think so. I think I could, uh, you know, I'd like to think, right? I mean, how about you? Well, and I think also sometimes we have to say no to uh, in this day of of tension between poli- and I don't want to get political here, no. but there's tensions everywhere in today's life, and. Sometimes I have to say, no, I don't want to be a part of uh, a, a communication about the topic. I'm just going to try and be quiet and let some things, you know, you have feelings on both sides. You know people on both on both beliefs. Uh, it's sometimes quiet helps heal faster than taking a really strong position. And, and I'm not afraid to take a position if, if you started to kill somebody or shoot them, and I know you're not, I'm just using you as an example, of course, I would do everything in my power to keep you from doing that. But if I, if you sort of disagreed with me on some political subject, you know, sometimes it's just better for me to say, no, Catherine, just keep your mouth shut. Just, you know, be kind. Um, it, it, we, we have to help and understand each other. I'm willing to stand up at times, but sometimes I have to be quiet. But sometimes with my faith, I have to take a challenge. I have to say, yes, I'm going to talk about it, even though I know somebody will wish I'd said no. Well, Frank, we talked about no long enough, but I've got a, I've got a closing comment. Yes. <laughs> this was, comes from a famous mother. I'm sure it's not true. So everybody needs to listen. Mrs. Christopher Columbus's mother <laughs> allegedly sent him a letter. I don't know how Chris would have gotten it overseas because they didn't have <laughs> email then. But this is allegedly what she said to him. I don't care what you've discovered, Clef. Clef- <laughs> I don't know what you have discovered, Christopher. You still could have written. <laughs> That's terrific. Doesn't that sound like a mother? Yes, absolutely. And 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 he wouldn't know. He would say, "Okay, she's right. Uh, I changed the the course of history, but Mom's right. I should have written. I should have written." Kathy, that is absolutely wonderful. And to everyone out there, uh, please, uh, you know, look at look at what yourself. And and sometimes you got to say no. Uh, Frank McKay, signing off. We'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes. You've been listening to Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio.